Good evening. Journalists arrested in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Community members and candidates march to save East River Park. And one of the designers of Iraq's nuclear reactor bombed by the Israeli Air Force in the 1980s says Iran won't be cowed from its own nuclear development. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Sunday, April 18th, 2021. Journalists covering a protest in a Minneapolis suburb Friday night were forced on their stomachs by law enforcement, rounded up, and were only released after having their face and press credentials photographed. The incident occurred hours after a judge issued a temporary order barring the Minnesota State Patrol from using physical force or chemical agents against journalists. It also barred police from seizing photographic, audio, or video recording equipment or press passes. Minnesota state and local police were involved in the incident, according to eyewitnesses. Minnesota state and local police, as I said. Authorities say a Connecticut man accused of throwing a Molotov cocktail at police in New York City is in federal custody and will be formally charged in a virtual court hearing on Monday. Police say 44-year-old Lionel Virgil of Bridgeport threw bleach at an officer in Brooklyn on Saturday. They say he then drove away and tossed a flaming Molotov cocktail at officers who were pursuing him. The officer who was splashed with bleach was treated at a hospital for skin and eye irritation. And in Washington, during a House Administration Committee hearing with U.S. Capitol Police Inspector General Michael, uh, pardon me, Michael Bolton, yeah, Inspector General Michael Bolton on police preparedness in response to the January 6th attack, Chair Zoe Lofgren asked why the order was given to not use all available equipment, such as heavier, less than lethal weapons. Bolton responded because the weapons could cause life altering injuries. There was uh, information that was provided to us that it was decided that these heavier munitions, you say specifically the sting balls, uh, 40 millimeter, were not to be utilized based on uh, the information that we received that they could potentially cause life-altering injury and or death, um, and if they were misused in any way, that that could result in those things. Um, our feeling is that, well, that anything that you give a police officer can be misused. If it's misused, can cause life-altering injuries and or death. Uh, the takeaway from that is let's provide the training to our officers so that they are used appropriately. Uh, as far as your other uh, part of your question, uh, certainly would have provided the department at a better posture to repel these attackers. It would put them in a better position. It would be very difficult to say, it would have absolutely turned the tide, but it certainly would have gave them a better chance at doing what uh, they needed to do. Uh, one of the things during our interview process was uh, when MPD heroically showed up as well, uh, came to our help, um, when some of their officers started using the very sting balls, it was reported to us that individuals were turning around and leaving. They're very painful, these type of munitions. Uh, so it certainly would have helped us that day to enhance our ability to protect the Capitol. U.S. Capitol Police Inspector General Michael Bolton. Bolton added the decision to not use the equipment was made by the Assistant Deputy Chief of the Capitol Police. 
And in New York City, more than 500 people marched from Tompkins Square Park to East River Park today. They were rallying to stop a city plan to demolish the 55-acre park and raise it by eight feet to control flooding, as happened during Superstorm Sandy in 2012. On the way, they marched to the home of council member Carlina Rivera, who supports the project, and held a die-in in the street. The chief of the Lenape people, the native tribe of Delaware Indians who named the land Manahata, Island of Hills, is Daniel Strongwater Thomas. The Lenape people are the original aboriginal inhabitants of this land. All of this belonged to the Lenape people in a good way. We were the stewards of this land before colonization and before the empires and, and, and white power and other powers came here to take over. And we're grateful that the people are coming out to defend the land. In the upcoming Democratic primary for the District 2 City Council seat, all except one of Rivera's opponents, Erin Hussein, were knocked off the ballot by operatives of Rivera's club called CODA, Coalition for a District Alternative. Hussein, still in the fight, says she opposes the plan that would level the park for years, including destroying nearly a thousand trees. My position is that uh, this new plan is uh, is going to create far worse environmental calamities than um, any kind of superstorm. And in fact, this plan doesn't even protect us against the next superstorm. It destroys a park. It destroys 1,000 mature shade trees. It um, It's going to kill butterflies and squirrels. And it's going to be incredibly damaging for the neighborhood around here, which depends on this park for every season. Um, the children in this neighborhood use this park every day. Um, and it's not just the loss of the park. It's also going to be the, the, the tons of particulate matter. We don't know what's in that particulate matter that's going to be floating through these neighborhoods. And these are children that already suffer um, from asthma to, to a ridiculous degree. Hussein described her fight, her political fight, to stay on the ballot and avoid a one-party state on the Lower East Side. Yes, I am the only one that survived the challenge, um, and and I, I even hate that phrase because it makes it sound like there was some gauntlet that I had to run. Um, you know, I stepped up. I said I'm going to challenge Carlina. I got hundreds of signatures of people in my neighborhood who are voters who voted in the last presidential election. Um, they all wanted me on the ballot. I mean, I shouldn't have to run any more gauntlet than that. Like, that should be enough. Voters wanted me on the ballot. They wanted the opportunity to vote for me. They wanted the opportunity to ask their friends and neighbors and family members to vote for me. And that that should be enough, particularly in the middle of a pandemic. When we're out asking people, face-to-face interactions, asking people, please give me your signature. It's Coda. Yeah, it's Coda. It's her uh, her political club that she grew up in. Is it possible to win in this neighborhood without Coda's support? It is possible to win in this neighborhood without CODA's support. Um, I also, I'm, I don't view any group as monolithic. Aaron Hussein is challenging incumbent Carlina Rivera for the city council seat on the Lower East Side. Rivera is a strong advocate for the radical reconstruction of East River Park. Another candidate was in attendance. Lindsay Boylan is running for borough president of Manhattan. I'm Lindsay Boylan and I'm uh, running for Manhattan borough president. Well, I want to be on the right side of history, on the right side of our community. And everyone here acknowledges, first and foremost, that we need a resilient waterfront. But the fact that our city government and all of its leaders primarily have done it in a way that 
takes away all of the great parts of the public realm, does it without a trust public process, does it without transparency. That's no way to run a government and that's no way to plan for the future. So I'm I'm 100% in support of the community's advocacy to have a, a, an environmental review and to have a plan that actually responds both to issues of concern and resiliency and to community needs. That's why we had a park in the first place. That's why we have a waterfront, right? Uh, Boylan says one of the controversial proposals by the Save East River Park Coalition is to reduce the size of the FDR drive, decking it over and transforming it into a meandering boulevard, similar to how it was 80, 90 years ago, forever removing the byway as a major highway in order to build a flood protection wall. Boylan says the era of the car in New York City is over. I'm in favor of congestion pricing. I'm in favor of traffic calming, of increased bike and pedestrian access. Our city was never, should have never been meant to be built around cars. It should be built around people. And if that's what's required to build a resilient city that people can live in, that's the, the premise under which we should build, not to simply make ease of access and egress easier for cars. As the speeches began at the Park Amphitheater, a modern open back shell overlooking the East River, an organizer laid bare the protest motivations. They say it's protection, that they're going to destroy the park to protect it. We know it's development. That's the only thing the de Blasio administration has been doing. And Colleen Rivera, our counselor, has betrayed us. She's in favor of development, too. While another organizer echoed the sentiment. They don't care about us. They want this land. They want Daniel's land. They want to take it again. We demand a truly resilient plan. They're trying to justify a $1.45 billion plan that is only temporary. That's too short, according to their own sea level rise projections. This used to be wetland. We need these strong roots of these trees. We need wetlands. We need decking over the FDR. We need a plan that works with the sea as we work on climate change. Climate justice is racial justice. And Sierra Club representative David Sorotti spoke for nature. I want to talk about the miracle that is the East River Park today. Yes, today the East River Park has changed in ways that would have been pretty hard to imagine in the 1930s when it was first established. What were once little saplings are now over three feet in diameter and cast shade that was once only imagined. The environment has been enriched well beyond the original planting so that East River Park is now home to over 500 documented species so far from spring ephemerals to shrubs and trees and pollinators, including butterflies, bees, and birds. Citizen scientists have documented 83 different bird species, including 10 that are rare in New York State alone. These 153 insect species include a thriving population of both breeding and migrating monarch butterflies, as well as the northern golden bumblebee, which is critically imperiled in New York State. Healthy communities are defined by interactions both among humans and the many organisms with whom we share this planet and this park. 
Generations of New Yorkers have grown up marking their significant passages in the park, and current residents depend on this park for their mental and their physical well-being. And Brooklyn firebrand activist Alicia Boyd says the destruction of parks by development is rousing the city against de Blasio. We should be ashamed of all of the so-called programs and projects that are supposed to help us. They're supposed to give us life and liberty and justice. And all they do is take from us, take everything that we got. But, you know, we say not here, motherfucker, not here, not here, motherfucker, not here. Go f*** yourself, de Blasio. Take your motherfucking plan and shove it up your motherfucking ass. Okay? 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 Because that's what we say in f***ing Brooklyn. F*** you, de Blasio. F*** you, developers. F*** you, city council. And Chief Strongwater Thomas had this to say about what the native legacy means to New Yorkers. Wanishi, Wanishi. Wanishi means thank you in the Lenape language of Yunami. We know what it's like as a people to be told by authorities who are in power that you don't matter, that your safety is not their first concern. That you gathering in a public space to appreciate is not their concern. They bring that concern down the road to people with more money than you, to people with skin color different than you. Well, I'm grateful when I look out into this crowd and I see the rainbow, which is the people, the red, the yellow, the brown, the white, all together with the black mixed up is brown. We are all in one circle. We are all one people. And everything that they try to do to put us in a box, to separate us from each other, is what we need to break down. While attorney Jack Lester says an Article 78 lawsuit promises to stop the project cold. What I would like to do as your humble attorney is vindicate your rights in the courts of the state of New York. Because the city of New York through City Hall has practiced a deception upon this community. And I would like to try to vindicate that and reverse that. And with your support, I can do that. We want to send a message to City Hall that they cannot exclude the community from transparency and a complete review of what they're doing out here. If there are conflicts of interest, we need to know that. If there's a hidden agenda to destroy this park, we need to do that. And our lawsuit for the Freedom of Information Act disclosure hopefully will redeem your rights and preserve this park. Only one candidate for mayor was there. Art Cheng, a former project manager, says nature always wins over man. I am proud that I'm the only mayoral candidate who is here today. In this very crowded race, it's so important. I have been a longtime fan, believer, and practitioner of softening the water's edge for climate resiliency. 
I was the first project manager on Queens West back in 1994, which built one mile long waterfront park with softened edges, just like you want. And during Hurricane Sandy, it was one of only two waterfront projects that didn't lose power because we built it the way that you want. Mother Nature has her own plans and she laughs at the plans of men. Walls are not the way to slow down climate change or to create resiliency. I know this and you know this. So as mayor, as your mayor, I would piss press the pause button on this process. Many poets read in a neighborhood known for poetry. The people have more joy than the Minotaur's money. The people see the golden thread that leads through the labyrinth. The birds have the thread to transform the labyrinth into a nest. The trees have the thread to transpire the labyrinth into a crown of branches. The children have the thread to tangle the minotaurs in their plans. And the rally ended with chanting and music led by the Reverend Billy and friends. Activists are calling for city council hearings before construction scheduled for the fall can begin. And in more local news, lawyers for women, uh, for a woman who's suing former President Donald Trump say the U.S. Justice Department made a wrong and dangerous argument in seeking to defend him. E. Jean Carroll's lawyers wrote that in court papers filed late Friday, the Justice Department has been trying to make the United States a defendant in Carroll's defamation lawsuit instead of Trump personally. She says he defamed her in denying her allegation that he raped her in the 1990s. The Justice Department declined to comment. And newly, uh, pardon me, newly released transcripts show that prosecutors overseeing a grand jury investigation into the death of Daniel Prude last year in Rochester undercut the case for criminal charges with testimony from a medical expert who said police officers who held Prude to the ground didn't do anything wrong. The grand jury voted 15 to 5 not to charge the three officers involved in Prude's restraint. Prude stopped breathing as officers held him down with a hood over his face. New York Attorney General Letitia James had said in February in announcing the grand jury's decision that the state had put on the best case it could. And finally, in 1981, Israeli warplanes bombed the Iraq reactor at Ozirak, and many in the U.S. cheered it on the way as a way of allegedly stopping Iraq from acquiring nuclear weapons. Imad Kaduri was working at the time on the Iraqi nuclear program and says the effect was exactly the opposite. The Iraqi scientists didn't trust Saddam Hussein with a nuclear weapon, so they refused to work on weapons for him until the Israelis attacked. How will Iran get rid of its uh, stock of uranium 5% enriched, and it's accumulated stock of the uranium 20% enriched, which they don't need anymore because they manufacture their own. So that's when Russia jumped in at the middle of 2015, before the deal was signed. It was not mentioned in the framework agreement. And Russia said, okay, look, we will build Iran 
eight nuclear power stations on top of the Bushahar nuclear power stations, which is still operating. We build them eight and we'll provide the fuel for it. But of course, it's all fuel, Russian fuel, and we'll take back the spent fuel when it's done. When, when, uh, and on the condition, uh, and that led Iran to give the condition that they will not construct any processing plants to extract plutonium from the fuel, which was always the main worry. That once you have a, 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 a power reactor with low enrichment, that produces a lot of plutonium-239, which is suitable for bombs, but you need a processing plant to extract that plutonium for the bomb. So the Iran pledged not to, once if the deal with Russia goes ahead, they will not be processing, uh, building any processing plants under the IAA inspections. Jumps, jumps in the idiot Trump, canceling the whole deal, and he said, okay, c'est la vie. And they went back to enrichment. For a thousand years, the Shiites, the Shiite sect of Islam, they had adhered to what's called taqiyya. Taqiyya means you say something, but you mean, but you hide something so that you will not allow yourself to be persecuted as a Shiite by those against your, your sect. So it's called taqiyya. Khomeini and some of his uh, theologians had issued a fatwa that nuclear weapons are forbidden by, by Shiite Islam because it goes against the dictum of the Quran that you do not kill innocent people who have no, uh, who are not fighting you. Intending to have a nuclear bomb, what if it did have? That was the head scientist of a group of scientists to take charge of the experimental rigs for the French reactor that the French were building us in Baghdad called Tammuz 1. And all the experiments that we were, I was in charge of training on, none. And nobody was talking about nuclear bomb at all. Yet Israel went and destroyed. And that made us very, very angry as scientists, as Iraqis. And then Saddam in 1981 ordered that we start the enrichment process. So we all delved in. Enrichment, okay, so we take uranium and enrich it. Not until 87, 1987, did it become clear even to us scientists that what's going to happen, we're going more or less, we're going to have a bomb, a design and make a bomb. And that time, 1986 or 87, uh, 86, we were in a what's called a brainstorming session, scientists, engineers, and our chief science leaders sitting on the table. A huge rocket exploded about 100, 150 meters away from where we're sitting. And the dirt came from the ceiling. Yet nobody stood up. Nobody escaped, nobody ran, and just sat there. And the chairman of the session, the brainstorming session, said, what you're going to do, what you're doing, is not against Iran. What you're doing is against Israel. 
we have to have a deterrent against Israel's bombs. Imad Kaduri was working on the Iraqi nuclear program when the Israeli Air Force attacked it in the 1980s. And that's some of the news for Sunday, April 18th, 2021. The news is produced Linda Perry. Our engineer is Max Schmid. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.